Are you making these decorating mistakes? No shame, but are you? Stay tuned to find out. Welcome to Decorating Tips and Tricks. I'm Anita Joyce with Kelly Wilkness, and this is episode 325, Decorating Mistakes, Tips to Avoid or Fix Them. And the show notes for today's episode can be found at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 325. Boy, haven't we made a ton of decorating mistakes, Kelly. Yikes. Wow. Well, you know, anytime you actually do something, you might make a mistake now and again. So that's so true, Anita. No shame. But hey, there are mistakes that are made. And I don't know, sometimes you don't even know you made one. Um, Or you just got so used to looking at it that you don't change it. So today we're going to shake things up a little bit, have you have some new eyes on what's going on in your houses and see if there any of these mistakes are uh, looming and um, teach you how to fix them. And if you're building or redecorating, uh, teach you how to avoid them. Well, I feel like if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Just hopefully it's not a big ticket item when you make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That can be painful. Well, my first thing would just be don't decorate without a plan. You wouldn't build a house without a plan. Don't decorate without a plan. doesn't mean you have to pull out the graph paper, but you need a plan. Don't just do it willy-nilly. Don't, it's kind of like when they say don't go to the grocery store hungry. You know, Don't go shopping with an itch to buy without a good plan. Well, I do plan, but I don't know that I fully flesh it out. A lot of times I'll start because I may have some ideas about what I want in the room, but maybe I can't find exactly what I'm looking for. So often my plans plans change a lot during the process. Oh yeah, that's okay. I'm not saying you have to stick to a plan that you've written down or nothing's written in stone, but you need to have a plan. You don't, the last thing you want to do is look around and be like, you have all these disjointed things because one day you were feeling modern and another day you were feeling French country and another day you were feeling some other way and really none of the things work. So I would say you need to formulate a plan, do this by going through magazines, do this by creating Pinterest boards, getting a feel for what you really like, and then executing it over time. Don't Also, don't decorate all in one day. That's a bad idea. Right. Oh, no, that's a good idea. And I think, uh, yeah, buying some things that can be returned if you need to, that helps. I mean, think of it as, is it reversible? So if it's reversible, meaning maybe it's something easy to return, then maybe you don't have to think through those decisions so much. But if it's something like a big piece of furniture you're ordering online that's going to be shipped to your house, that's going to be expensive to return, you know, that's the one that you really want to think about a lot before you, you know, go ahead and pull the trigger. Yeah. And then let's talk about lighting. Lighting is so important. I emphasize it over and over again and through the course of many episodes, but not enough lighting is a bad idea. Only overhead lighting is a bad idea. If you've got that going on in any of your rooms, that is such an easy fix. Add a lamp. If it's only overhead, go get like three or four table lamps. Get a floor lamp. You need to have some sort of lighting for each of the seating areas, right? You don't want to be relying on only overhead lighting, and particularly if it's overhead lighting, that's not on dimmers. And you don't have to have it all 
this glaring, ready to perform surgery type of lighting. 40 to 60 watts for table lamps is plenty. Uh, If you need some task lighting, then maybe you want a little bit more. But in a living room or a a den or something like that, family room, you really don't need it much brighter than that. I know it's super confusing now with the new light bulbs and all that. Mm -hmm. So many choices. So many choices, but you don't even know what it means. You know, it's like, (laughs) all I know is I don't want the curly ones, you know, just like, oh, (laughs) Oh, those are the worst. I hate those. So bad. But, you know, maybe, I mean, that would be a super dry episode. We'd have to, I don't know, we'd have to tell jokes or give away something oh, really good. Oh, if we good, did one on light bulbs? If we just did one on wanted to light bulbs. Maybe, well, you know, there's a lot of small little topics. We probably should do a compilation episode with a lot of little ones like that. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, mm-hmm. write that down. Somebody write that down. Remind yeah. us. So, yeah. because that, I mean, I, you know how I love those pink light bulbs, but even now, purchasing the pink light bulbs, they're really not the same as the pink light bulbs you could get 10 or 15 years ago. They're true. They're different. Yeah, that's the true. light is different. It looks the same. It has that pale pink on the exterior, but it they're really not working the same way that I think it was a Sylvania pink that was so great. And that I don't think I think that's been outlawed. Stop it. Yeah. So don't if anybody knows on, where I can get those on the black market, I would be <laughs> I'd really be right. uh, beholden to you. Here's the thing people don't realize. These different light bulb types project a different hue of light. Some are blue, some are green, some are yellow. So they do really make a big difference what kind of lighting you are using. But I want to go back to your thought about the dark room and how you don't want a dark room. And you suggested adding more lamps to the room, which I think definitely is one of the first things that I would do. But let's talk a little bit more about some other things that you can do to lighten up a dark room. So one thing you can do is maybe go with a lighter paint on the wall. Another thing that I think is really worth doing is if you have any heavy drapes or any kind of window treatments that are really obscuring the light from coming in the room, you you know take off as much as you can. Any kind of heavy old drapes I would take off. And even plantation shutters, which were so hot uh, 10 years ago, they block a lot of the light coming in. So if you have plantation shutters and the room is too dark, you might try just kind of swinging those open. And another thing that you can do is add some large mirrors to the room to reflect the light coming in whatever windows are there. Yeah, it definitely is a decorating mistake not to take advantage of the natural light. And if you're in a room that is disadvantaged with regard to natural light, those were really great tips. Uh, it changes the whole feel of the room. It changes my perspective on the day if uh, you know if I'm starting in a dark room. I'm oh, it, the first, one of the first things I do when I get up is roll up the shades. And oh, me too. Let out the little light. It's up. My morning routine. So. Uh, sort of rifting off the drapes and the curtains. Yeah. But if you do want to have drapes and curtains, so it could be that you don't need them depending on where you live or the degree of natural light. But if you're going to have them, let's not have sort of lame curtains, the wimpy curtains. You know, we've talked about uh, several, several times, you know, hanging them high. So you've all got that one down, but I don't know that we've ever really talked about the width of them. So, 
that is really important too. You just don't want to have them look like they're insufficient. You want the fullness. Even if you're using beautiful fabrics, if you've got don't have enough coverage and they're kind of pulled, like that just looks so bad. So you uh, on really you want two, maybe two and a half uh, inches. Uh, excuse me, two and a half times the. Uh, width of your windows in inches. So say you have a 50-inch window, you're going to want at least 100, maybe 150 wide drapery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does really help help the room. And I'm thinking about a room of mine that I really have meant to add some more curtains to, but then I ran out of time because I have to make them. And I'm thinking, oh, I feel so convicted. I need to go back and finish making those curtains because they do look a little skimpy and it's been driving me a little crazy. And, and you know, you might not even notice it. It's my one of those things you're sort of like blind to until now. I just don't walk in that you. room. <laughs> right. That, well, there, and that's, that's a good my fix. To not know. That's, that's my fix. But if you're not sure if you uh, should have more width and fullness to your draperies, well, just, you know, pull them, uh, stretch them out and see if they cover the windows. If they're only just covering the windows, trust us, you, it's going to look a lot better if you double that. So, and even if you're buying them, I, I, I I think I'm okay, but I could probably add another panel to those Pottery Barn linen drapes that I have in my bedroom. I don't shut them. They're really just for the look and to soften the room with some fabric. So I have two panels, but they're relatively thin and they're that sort of lightweight linen that they have. I could probably get away with a third, Um, but it's definitely very borderline. So I haven't done it, but... um, if you're if you're actually opening and closing the draperies, and if you don't have some nice fullness there, I think it's going to really improve the look of the room. So when you're buying drapes, if you unfortunately Anita has to make those, uh, but if you're able That's the to sad go, thing, yeah, it's a very sad thing, and I can understand why the, you're you know hesitant to do it. But um, if you're buying drapes, or you can go now and get another panel or two of the ones that you have, go do it. You can always try it. And then fold them back up and put them in the bag if you don't think it's necessary. But I think once you put them on there, you're going to be really happy. Yeah, that's a good point. And this is another thing that we've talked about before, but it's so key. That rug being too small is a big problem. And if your rug is too small, if you don't have the funds to replace it, go with a big rug that's solid or a sisal to put underneath. And that, and you want something really, the biggest rug you can use in a room is is really kind of the way to go. And speaking of rugs, let's say you it's carpeted, but you don't like the carpet in the room. You can buy a very large area rug to cover up as much as that carpet uh, as possible. And that I've seen it done. And it, the flatter the carpet in your room, the easier, the better this is going to work. But you can, you know, put a big area rug over it and then you're not going to notice that that carpet that you don't really like. Right. I mean, you could definitely do those, particularly if it's a natural colored, solid uh, carpet underneath, wall-to-wall carpet underneath. You know, it's not the most ideal situation, but you're kind of treating the wall-to-wall carpet like it's a hardwood floor. uh, And you could definitely get away with that if if it's really something you don't like or if it's something that you feel like you got it cleaned, but you just don't feel like it's, you know, to the level that you would want it to be if you've got kids or people that are going to be relaxing on the floor, watching TV or something like that. I would definitely think that you could do that. Um, When 
one just thing to keep in mind, the rug that you have should be sort of 18 inches off any molding or wall. So that's how big you'd want it to fit a room. And then you want to have your furniture be able to sit on top of it comfortably, not like as if it's hanging on to the edge of a precipice Mm -hmm. or something like that. Where just the front legs are just barely on. I mean, that's kind of the bare minimum, but it's it's kind of a little skimpy looking. It's better to have it a little bigger than that. Yeah. And something you should think about is don't underestimate the power of one bold piece of decor. Oh, yes. You know, there's something to be said about something that just shakes up a room or something that is just, you know, sort of adds a little bit of that tension or just makes it so different and makes it so unique. So, Not that you have to go out and buy something super expensive or buy something that's totally not your style to shake it up, but something that maybe something you love, but it's on a much bigger scale. Um, And it can be something as useful as a really, really big leaning mirror, or it could be a really fabulous uh, piece of statuary, or it could be a piece of art. It could be a giant bird cage, vintage bird cage or something like that. I mean, it could be anything, but doing that, adding a bold piece like that, something unique, something slightly unexpected, something uh, in its scale um, is being unexpected, just, you know, like I'm saying, just something that's sort of normal, but much bigger can do so much for your decor. So we had an episode a long time ago just about being bold in your decor. And there was a lot of good tips about, you know, how to do that. Um, Lots of times a room could be really, really beautiful, but it's sort of playing it safe. So it's beautiful. It's kind of like model home beautiful, but adding something really uh, different and something bold can take it to that whole other level. I totally agree with you, Kelly. I feel like there's it's important to have some sort of wow element in every room, and that is going to elevate it and give it just some oomph, some personality. And I think it's very worth it. I mean, if you're on a budget, obviously you can't do that with everything in the room, but really just one. That's going to be the one thing that you enjoy in the room. That's going to be what other people notice when they come into the room. Uh, and adding and another idea that I was thinking about that we just covered is faux flowers. And so there's a great variety in faux flowers and and quite a range in nice ones and not so nice ones. So if you have faux flowers or faux plants at your house, I want you to really take a critical look at them and see if you feel like they are cutting the mustard. Mm. You know, if they're nice looking, great, keep them. But if they're not, get rid of them. And if you need some sources for some faux pieces, uh, we did a whole episode on that and we'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, so yeah, no need to go into that because we've already covered it. Oh, yeah. We covered that really thoroughly. I thought that was a really – I mean, I learned a lot. I did article. too. Um, t- continuing with that thought, not just getting rid of faux flowers that may have lived beyond their prime or you know stayed in your home beyond their prime, any extra furniture that you have. It is a big decorating mistake to have too much in a room. And, I, you know – you may not think that you're doing it, but you might be because 
almost everybody does it. I've done it. I probably am doing it right now because I love a lot of stuff. Um, really take a hard look at your rooms and take things away. You can always put it back. I'm not saying take it out and put it on the curb with a you know free sign on it. Just move it out of there and see if you like the room better. It is probably the most common decorating mistake is to have too much stuff. Yeah. And speaking of too much furniture in the room, I think also about the fireplace and, and whenever uh, you know I'm helping a client, it seems like that is the thing I see most often is Rarely is there too little on the fireplace mantle. Typically, there's too much. So I think that's something kind of look at that and just kind of, again, just kind of look at it, take a picture of it and think about, is there too much stuff on here or does it look balanced to me? And if you're not sure, take some things off. Look at it, photograph it, step back, maybe call a friend and see what you think about it. Uh, And maybe just try something a little different for a day or two and see what you know, what you decide looks best. Yeah. I like that idea of trying something new. Another decorating mistake is just getting stuck in a rut. You know, this is the way I've always decorated. These are the colors I've always used. And, uh, I don't know, somehow 20 years just went by and I'm still using the same stuff. Well, you know, some of it might be fantastic. Some of it might be really personal. Some of it might be great vintage stuff. Some of it might be very expensive stuff, but some of the things that were, you know, just added for, you know, sort of inexpensive decor, if those sorts of items have been around for a long time and they're really defining your look, it might be time to give those items a hard look and send them on their way. Because, you know, maybe you don't want to be decorating the way you did 10 years ago or five years ago. And it might just be the case of removing those items. Rather than oh, keeping like, oh, this is what I had. So let me add some more of that. Uh, you like all that scrolly metal stuff. Oh my gosh. I went hard for all that scrolly metal stuff. It was so inexpensive. Remember the scrolly metal um, wall hangings, the scrolly metal in the chippy frame, you know, the scrolly metal candlesticks, you know, all that stuff. Well, it's interesting you say that because I think about one of the biggest decorating mistakes I used to make is that if the room didn't look right, my solution was always to add more stuff to it. And mm-hmm. that is actually a big decorating mistake. If the room doesn't look right, before you start throwing stuff at it, look and decide if something needs to come out. Maybe some things in the room are fighting with each other. Maybe there's something in there that's dated, something that doesn't really belong. So I I would step back and just think about if something needs to be taken out before you add anything. And for example, one of the things I know, one time I had, you know, back and we talk about our Tuscan phase. So back when my no, house I don't, was all, I, ne- I know I, you I think did. you didn't have one. I whatever. don't have, I didn't have that. I don't yeah, know. you I did, but you called that. it something else, but okay. Anyway, anyway, so I go. A rose is a rose by any other name. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So my walls were gold and my furniture was red, but I really wanted more of a Swedish look with with Wait a minute, I had gold walls. (laughs) You do now? No, I said, wait a minute, I had gold walls and red furniture. Yeah, (laughs) but it wasn't Tuscan though. But it wasn't Tuscan. Yes, there you go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, whatever. Uh, But I decided I didn't want the gold walls anymore. And I started putting more and more things in the room when really the solution was I really needed to paint the walls, but I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to face it. I tried to do everything but paint the walls, but the reality was the walls needed to be painted. Of course, Kelly knows the 
end of the day, the solution was just to move because I didn't end up painting the walls. But, but you could just paint the walls. Sometimes you just have to run for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had to run for the hills. That's right. Yes. Well, here on paint, um, gold, yes. Okay. There was a time for that. But now we're seeing a lot of color come back. So gold could be one of those colors now. Um, but a lot of people have a hard time with paint color. It is a well-known issue. Decorators uh, help people with that all the time. There's countless books and things on it. And so sometimes what people do is they just default to white. And sometimes they just default to not even a good white because all whites are not created equal either. So if you have white in every single one of your rooms, it might be time to start to think about something new not in all the rooms because then it'll be you know a little crazy, particularly if you do adopt some colors. But even something where it's a light gray or um, what's the one that you have that's more of a greasy topi? What's the your color? agreeable gray? A grill, uh, yeah, agreeable gray. And then Williams. There's another one that you use too, isn't there? Uh, the pussy willow. That's the dark gray, kind of a medium gray. That's my mm-hmm. wood, so my doors are that color. Something like that, where it's not too dramatic, but it's not just the default of white. You know, kind of the white that they'll spray an entire apartment, that white. You know, it's it's clean and it's fine, but it might not be doing anything for your decor. So it would be a decorating mistake just to default. If you've spent your time and done your homework and selected your perfect white, like I have, my house is a a lot of it is white. I mean, I would say most of it is white, but I took a long time to choose that right white and um, I'm really happy with it. But I also have grays working in my house. I have some wallpapers. So if you're all, your whole house is white right now and it was because you kind of gave up a little bit, maybe it's time to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that, it makes me think too of white kitchens where everything is white and I have a white kitchen. I love a white kitchen, but sometimes they can look a little cold. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to add some texture and some warmth to an all white room, if it's a kitchen or even some other room. So, you know, you add some baskets or some plants, some lamps, some color. So, you know, try to work in something in the room, which it's a little more challenging if it's a kitchen, but you can put in a rug, some cushions on the chairs, plants on the countertop, baskets to hold things. There's so many things that you can do to add that warmth to a white room. Another big decorating mistake, which is so easy to fix. If you're listening to us and you're at home right now and you think that you may have this problem, you can fix it right now. We'll wait. Come on back. Let me tell you what it is. It is blocking the flow of traffic in your rooms with seating or your furniture arrangements. So many people have this. You walk in and it's like you almost have to climb over something to to get through the room or it's just inconvenient. And, you know, it's just sometimes like that box or bag or whatever that landed there or those mittens that landed there. Sometimes something just lands somewhere and it stays there for much longer than it should be there. And sometimes that happens with furniture too. You're not sure how to place it in the room or you pull up some extra seating and then it's just there. 
Well, if it's blocking the flow of traffic, not only is that inconvenient, but it also just really throws off the whole feel of the room. And so if it's not comfortable to flow through your house, you know, we've talked about flow in so many different ways, but it is such an essential part of your decorating and your design and such an important part of the feel that your rooms give off. So you want to be able to flow freely through your rooms, not jump over a chair or an ottoman. So if you're having that problem, you can pause us and then go and fix it. And if you did have the problem and you fixed it, send us an email and let us know how it works out now. So you're talking about traffic patterns, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, and I think that's a good point. And then, which kind of also made me think about having some big room and you're talking about flow of traffic. I'm thinking about a flow of the feel of a room. So, and the flow of a house. So if you have an open concept house, especially, you want to be sure that all the rooms, all the areas visible at one point really work together, that the colors work together, the design, the decorating, like you said, having three different, if you look each direction and there's a completely different decorating style and completely different color scheme, it's going to feel confusing to the eye. So you really want to have that peaceful feeling that it feels like it all works together. So I would say not just a flow from a traffic pattern, but a flow from a a feeling of unity of the rooms. Oh yeah. I'm all about that, babe. I love that. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. You know what, you guys, just take the blinders off and we all have them on. It's not like Anita and I are sitting here, you know, wide-eyed and everything's perfect. You know, we too sometimes have to go, oh, that's too much or hmm, we I need another drapery panel. You know, it's No, a- not sometimes, like every day. Right. So we're I all mean, in this together yeah. and it's all a process. But, you know, and sometimes you get one room and you're like, yeah, that feels good. and But maybe another room isn't up to snuff yet. So just... It's so easy to, you're all, everybody's so busy just to keep walking by that extra chair or jumping over that ottoman or, uh, you know, what are some of the other things we talked about? You know, getting used to just having plain white walls or, you know, the rug is too small or gosh, you know, drag that lamp over here because there's not enough lighting when I sit in this chair. You know, you just kind of get used to living like that. So after listening to this episode, look at your rooms with fresh eyes. Am, are you? making any of those decorating mistakes? You ask yourself, am I making any of these decorating mistakes? And like Anita said in the beginning, there's no shame at all because we're all doing it. It's just now you have an opportunity to look at it in a new way and make the adjustments to fix it. Right. I mean, and I'm thinking too about artwork. I mean, is it size the right size for the wall? A lot of times I see artwork and it's really too small for the wall that it's on. And I kind of went through this at my house where I had some artwork and pillows and rug, and it was all the right color, but I just thought it was a little too cute Mm -hmm. for the room. And so I felt like it was just, um, I don't know, just too precious. So I kind of mixed it up and and redid things so that it doesn't matchy-matchy as well as it did before. But it just feel, I just liked the tension a little bit more, and I just feel like it was, um, 
I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things where you really want to make sure that you're not choosing the artwork just because it's the right color for the room. I chose something that really was not the right color for the room, but I love that big wall panel that I talked about getting the wall hanging at Wisteria that I got. Yeah. And it didn't really go with some things in the room. So I just changed out the pillows and it doesn't matchy matchy perfectly, but it really feels great to me now. It's one of my favorite looks I've ever had in the room. Oh, it's, it is really beautiful. If if anybody hasn't seen that, you should look on Anita's blog or over to Instagram. It's really lovely. Um, yeah. Okay. You mentioned something and I kind of went cringe, cringe. If you've got too many cutesy things going on or you've got too many reproductions of things going on, you might want to call out some of that stuff. I think if you have a you know, one item or something galvanized that, you know, isn't really a vintage item, but, you know, it's a reproduction, looks pretty good, or you've got a few things, it's okay. But sometimes we get carried away with items like that. A, you're out at a store and, you know, it just all looks so cute together on the shelves. You know, oh, that's going to look great in my house too. And so you bring several items home. They're also be usually priced pretty reasonably. So it doesn't, it's like the pain threshold is pretty low at getting a number of things like that. And see if that's, you're drawn to those things, you may be drawn to them over and over again over a period of time. And then you might not even realize you have too many of them. And all of a sudden there's just like, oh, you know, there's the the word sign next to the little animal thing and it's near a pillow with words on it. We know what you, how you feel about those word signs. I'm trying not to say the fresh egg sign, but you know what I'm saying? So if you've got too much of that going on, I think you need to rethink it or spread it out or give it away. Yeah. And in fact, I was just thinking about how I like to move things from one room to another and how that's a great way to kind of mix things up if you're feeling like the room feels stale, which kind of relates back to what you were saying. If your room, if you haven't moved things around in 20 years or or really maybe in a couple years, that it's going to feel boring and stale to you and to kind of mix it up. And you can just move things from one room to another without even buying anything if those co- if everything's kind of the similar color palette and similar style and it kind of reminded me of those old HGTV shows where they would redo a room and they would you know do it i think maybe it was with that de- decorating on a dime or something and they would pull things from all over the house to put in that one room do you remember watching shows like that kelly i have to i mean i would be lying if i said i did <laughs> I can't lie. Uh, No, I really uh, never watched any HGTV shows. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would watch them and I would always think, okay, now this room looks great. You've pulled everything from the whole house into this one room. It looks fantastic. And I'm thinking, I just had this feeling that if I then went to the rooms, the other rooms in the rest of that house, that they would just look kind of bare because they had taken so much from the other rooms. But then that's fine. That gives you an excuse to go buy some things. Uh, but anyway, I think that's a great uh, solution for that stale feeling if you are on a budget just to move things around and you'll be amazed at how fresh the room can feel that way. Oh, yeah. Agreed. And we do that all the time. And it's it's really actually so much fun. And, it, you know, it, there is the thrill in shopping your own house. Uh, you know, it's it's akin to the 
the thrill that I get at a, when I'm driving up to a great estate sale. Like, whoa, this is going to be great. It's oh, going to yeah. cost me a lot of money and it's going to be fun. So yeah, I definitely encourage everybody to do that. Um, too many pillows. You know, I mean, we no, sell pillows. You cannot say that. No, that no, is, you cannot say you that. You must, you must. I would rather have one. <laughs> I would rather, ha- not one. I would rather have a pair of really beautiful pillows than 20 marginal pillows. No, of course. I, of course, I agree with you. Right. So that is absolutely true because yeah. there's so many boring, uh, poorly just, made, oh, yeah, mass produced pillows that just that you can get for five bucks anywhere. They all look exactly the same. And honestly, I just wouldn't even bother because they just don't really add anything to the room. I agree with you completely. Yeah. So, I mean, really, if you're going to invest, get a couple of great pillows and then maybe add two more and, and have them be absolutely beautiful and then change them out for the seasons. You don't need to have eight pillows on your sofa. Uh, you can have one on either end. You can have two on either end. What a, a great option too is like a longer lumbar, which kind of unifies the pillows on either end or a long lumbar on its own. If it has enough oomph to it, uh, enough personality to it, that could just be the one pillow that you have on the sofa. I love pillows. They do so much for a room, but uh, lots of times people's pillows have just been around for too long. They're really, they weren't that attractive to start out with because we've all and some of them aren't comfortable. That. Get right. the right I mean, size for your chair and get, get the right squishiness that you want because some of them are stiff. Sometimes right. people, and it's so personal. Some people like the downfill cover, uh, pillows and some of them want the polyfill. So make sure who wants you know you're the getting- polyfill? Who wants polyfill? Well, some people do. I people who tell me. It, I want to hands up who likes polyfill. No, it's true. It really is a personal preference, and what you're using the pillow for. I mean, if you're using it to, for a chair that you read on, you might want something that's a little sturdier. But really, honestly, nothing looks. Uh, you know, we can go into inserts now. A decorating mistake would be getting the wrong insert for the size pillow, the shape pillow, and also the use of it. So, you know, if poly is better for the way you're using a pillow, then that's the way you should go. But for looks, oh my gosh, nothing does it sort of like the down or the down alternative. It just, the pillows look gorgeous. The way they sort of just land on the sofa or the chair is, is perfect. Um, and then the sizing, we always recommend going up to the next size. So if you have a 20 by 20 pillow cover, you're going to want a 22 by 22 pillow insert. Right, right. Does that make sense, everyone? So you want to go up one size to really fill out the pillow because you have to think about the pillow is not uh, one, just one surface, you know, there's two sides to it. And so there, so it needs to be uh, properly filled. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. You definitely want a the pillow, you want it to snugly fit the insert. And if it doesn't, it's going to look, it's going to look a little skimpy. Yeah. Skimpy's no good. Um, really what, like a nitpicky one, mismatched photo frames make me nuts. And I think that's a decorating mistake, you know, and it happens and happens to the best of us. You know, you give in a frame or somebody gives you a cute frame with, you know, resin balloons on it or, you know, a teddy bear or something with a picture of your kid or something like that. And just over the years, you have all these things. And if you have them displayed out 
you know, fine if you've got them in your bedroom and that those frames are as important to you as the photos. But if, you know, particularly if it's in your living room or it's on a, you know, on a piano or on a shelf and, or a, a piece of furniture in your living room, it probably would be best to have all the frames be somewhat unified, you know, pick a metal or pick a color or wood or something like that. And you could have them be different sizes and shapes and sit different ways, either sit you know, on the portrait or sit um, on more of the landscape. You could have different widths. And that's actually very nice if you can have a collection of frames. But I wouldn't have one that looks like it's, um, you know, sort of kind of Victorian and then one that looks super modern and then that one that's cutesy. I think that that's a, not the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And too much symmetry. I'm a symmetrical girl. That's the way I feel most comfortable, but that can go too far and it can feel too rigid. You definitely want to knock it off a little bit with asymmetry, which is actually a, a variant of symmetry. It's not a completely different thing. And we did a whole episode on that. Uh, that was some time ago, but I think that one is pretty informative. So you definitely want to have something sort of like, just add a little tension to the room where, you know, if you've got two candlesticks on either side of the mantle, and then you've got two chairs, one on either side of the fireplace. And, and then you've got, you know, a pillow on either side, like everything's symmetrical. Maybe put a tall plant on one side or put a throw on one of those chairs on the arm, just throw it off a little bit. And that gives interest to the room. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a symmetrical girl too. So I love symmetry, but you can overdo it for sure. So make sure that you, you know, just kind of take a look at it and, uh, Again, take the picture, take a picture of it, have somebody else look at it that's going to be honest or just see if you can be honest with yourself, you take a look at it and see if it looks better to have just one or few, one or two things a little off because you don't want it too precious. You don't want everything too perfect. Yeah. Okay. So I hope every, we were, you know, we were joking about like, you know, have you committed any of these? But honestly, you know, we're all in the same boat I think together. I've done most of these. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and there's probably ones going on in my house too. When I go inside, I'm going to be looking around, you know, everybody look around, take a look. So, you know, take those blinders off, have a look and see what's, uh, what's going on in your house and see what you can tweak. Do you have any more of these mistakes you want to talk about? Uh, No, I think, I think I'm good. How about you? I'm good too. I think we covered a lot and uh, we had done uh, this, oh gosh, like, I can't believe how long we've been podcasting. Like, you know, we've actually did a episode or two of these like a year and a half or two years ago. So we can reference those two then. And there are a lot of different ideas in those as well. If people wanted to go back and listen, let's do the crush. Give me your crush. I do have a crush, but it actually is from our shop. So I just thought, well, that's, it's okay. You know, I don't always have a crush from our shop, but I didn't have anything else Shameless for this episode. promotion. Well, no, it is my crush right now. I got okay. those tall pillows from oh, our yeah, shop. Those are- those are darn good. Well, and those are the ones that went so well with yeah. the wisteria wall hanging. So yeah. I'll, you know, let's link to them in the show notes, but they're really beautiful. And I'm really just so excited I know you really about like them. them. I, yeah, do. The, I, I do. I do too. I, I actually, I found the fabric, I must say. You did. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, they look great in your farm. Um, mm-hmm. My crush is a quote and it is from Diana Vreeland. And the quote is, Style, all that have it share one thing, originality. So I want you all to think about that when you do your decorating, because that 
really is the hallmark of style. And, you know, Diana should know. So can we do the listener question now? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so it's from Tracy. And she, I didn't tell you what this was, so I hope you are uh, on your toes here. Uh Uh-oh, okay. Tracy wants to know, what designers, books, or magazines influenced us early on in our design careers? Well, Tracy, I have to say, my design career was always sort of bubbling under the surface, even though I did really enjoy being an attorney. But I was doing it on the weekends, and at that time, I was spending... um, time out on the eastern end of Long Island. And Martha Stewart had a big presence out there. She had a farm out there. And of course, you know, she had her entire empire was really rocking and rolling at that time. So um, I really looked forward to her magazine every month. And, uh, and, you know, at that time, there really wasn't, I don't even know what was going on on the internet as far as design and design blogs and all of that. So um, Martha Stewart was definitely a big influence on me. It wasn't so much her style per se, but um, which I did like. And I think she has a really beautiful way of putting things together. But she was kind of the whole package, which I really enjoyed. You know, she was the gardening and the home decor and the food. Entertaining, yeah. And the flowers and all of that. So. I think, you know, I just, I wanted to sort of dive into that world. So I would think that she, of all of the designers, um, influenced me the most in the beginning. Well, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I wasn't going to say her, but now that you say that, I mean, she certainly did influence me, not so much in decor, but I just absorbed every, you know, bit of information that she provided as far as just like you said, gardening, entertaining, putting things together. Uh, she had so many great ideas. Uh, probably early on in my decorating, at some point I decided I really, just of all the decorating styles, my very, very favorite was French. And once I made that decision, then, you know, my direction was set. And I really looked a lot to Charles Fadre. And his designs now, looking back, I think they feel too layered, too, you know, a little over the top and a little um, much for today's sensibility. It wasn't that long ago, but uh, just looking, you know, but things have really streamlined a lot in decor. So I love still to go look at his designs. He's passed away a few years ago. And I love to look at his designs and pull out pieces and everything in his room is the real thing. Everything in it is exquisite on its own. And then he puts it together. So I would say he's definitely the one that influenced me the most. And really, to this day, still influences um, you know my decorating style. Although, you know, like his curtains and drapes were, you know, a little more than people do now. But anyway, definitely a lot of influence there. Great. Okay. So, um, you know, obviously everybody knows Martha. I don't know how many people know Chuck. So maybe we could put a link. <laughs> yes, of course. In there, in the show notes. That would be great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, super fun today. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we, you know, are here to help you too. So if you have any decorating issues or mistakes that you want to bounce around or something you're not sure if it's a mistake or not, feel free to give us um, a shout out and email us at decoratingtipsandtricks at gmail.com. Remember, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.
I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.